0: relax, buckle in. It's going to be a wild ride. I know those things don't quite go together. Sit back, relax, and buckle in. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to get the conversation started right now. And as always, don't forget, if you like what you hear, please rate and review our podcast. I am super excited to have a very special guest here with us today. And we had some great conversations in the past, and it's someone that a mutual friend connected us. And she said, I don't know if the topic's quite right because it's it's kind of sensitive and I said, "Well, what's sensitive?" and she said, "Sex." I said, "I love sex. We're going to talk about sex." So that's what we're going to do today. Laura Zam is here and she's just got she's full of energy, positive energy, and that's what I love. She's an author, speaker, certified trauma professional, and sexuality educator whose work focuses on sexual healing and preventing violation. Her writing appears in the New York Times, Salon, the Huffington Post, and the Forward, as well as in seven book anthologies. She also has her own book that you can grab a copy of at her website, Laurazam.com, is where you can find her, and her book is called The Pleasure Plan, so go grab a copy of that and connect with her across social media as well. Laura welcome to the show
1: I am thrilled to be here Mario hi
0: I'm excited to have you this is one of my favorite topics and mostly I guess because well number one who doesn't like sex right and talking about it, it when it's done healthily but I think it's be one of my favorite topics because people don't think we should be talking about it do you find that to be the case in general with what you do
1: Oh yeah, and I mean, my whole book is about sexual dysfunction. It's about sex in the aftermath of violation. So I really talk about things that nobody wants to talk about, and um, and that's kind of my mission in life is to normalize discussions because, you know, we bring into the bedroom all kinds of things from our histories and things that are going on with our bodies as they change, um, as they're affected by this and that. And I think people carry generally a lot of shame around these things. So I I really want to help people to not feel ashamed and to get good information so they can solve sexual problems and find that connection to their aliveness and the intimacy they seek with others.
0: Yeah, I think that in general anyway, I found that the thing that you that people don't want to talk about or the thing that you don't want to do is the thing that's probably going to move the needle for you the most.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know couples often, you know, there's problems that set in and they, they just stop sleeping together. It's really common, but they, it's also equally common that they don't ever talk about it. Couples can go months. They can go years without making love and not really ever have a, um, a fruitful conversation around this because there's so much fear. I think that they're going to be judged. Um, they blame themselves. They've got shame. There might be some functional things going on. Um, there's all kinds of desire things that um, that are at play, especially in long-term relationships. And people are find it difficult to admit to that. Like, hmm, you know, the things got a little stale for me, or something like that. So, but if you don't talk about it, these things really can't be resolved. And I'm here to say, after going on my own sexual healing journey with many, many, many problems starting out, that you can, I believe that people can resurrect their sex lives and create from scratch a a really fabulous sex life if they just have a little bit of information around it.
0: I, I think that's really hard for couples who've been together for a long time because I mean when you come when it comes down to it, that intimacy that's there, it's really the differentiating factor right between an actual romantic relationship or just roommates
1: yeah and but that's really where the possibilities lie because when people decide that they're going to come together as lovers as opposed to friends, usually there is some kind of chemistry there. And if that chemistry was there in the beginning, couples can rediscover it. It's just that it is very difficult in a long-term situation to keep things as you know, hot and heavy as they were <laughs> in the very beginning. But as long as there's that foundation, there are so many ways that couples can really connect to that, reconnect to that.
0: Is it possible... To not only get that intimacy back, but get it back at a higher level
1: after I really time? I think so, yeah. Because when, you know, when we... When we first meet our partners, there is a lot of adrenaline, there's a lot of dopamine, there are all kinds of uh, chemicals in our brains that um, that are driving what's going on, and that can feel really, really great. But often, those chemicals are also very dependent on some kind of insecurity in the relationship. Oh, you know, is he going to call me tomorrow? And so there is also a foundation of, um, you know, instability in terms of connection and intimacy. And I think when couples develop over time a, a really Solid loving relationship, what they rediscover with themselves is that they can build that hotness, build that excitement over now another kind of foundation of of closeness, of intimacy, of trust, of deep, deep love. And I think that that combination can be really just through the roof in terms of excitement, but also satisfaction.
0: It takes a lot of vulnerability to get to that point. How do you find like for the people maybe because I'm not in the space as much as you are. I mean, I've talked to some experts and seen some things, but to me it almost seems like the people that come to this conclusion or come to that level of vulnerability, they go that they come there at rock bottom. It, like have you are you starting to see more people create awareness around this faster and coming to terms with it and coming and asking for help before things get to that level?
1: I think so because I think that there is, maybe in the last five years, I feel that conversations around these kinds of issues have become more normalized particularly with regard to women, but even going back a little way with the with uh, Viagra coming on the market. I think that that brought erectile dysfunction into the the sphere, the, the public sphere of conversation. That wasn't something I think that people talked about, certainly didn't see on television In this kind of way. So I think that that started a lot of conversations around sexual dysfunction, but that's going back a ways. I think in the last five years, it's really more about women's sexuality and how that is something that is not necessarily, um, uh, spoken about in terms of a, a, a woman's sexual dysfunctions and the things that she might struggle with and what possible solutions may be. So we're a little bit behind the guys in terms of being able to um, speak openly about what's going on. But to your larger point of vulnerability, yeah, I think that admitting that something's going on to a partner is difficult, to a, a doctor is, is very difficult. So I it's definitely going to require some vulnerability but i think when we can normalize the conversation then there is a larger container for that and people don't feel quite as alone or ashamed and it makes it more uh makes it easier to to come forth with these things
0: for myself and for all the other men that are listening to this what would you like to tell us or what should we know about women's sexuality in today's world that could be very helpful that we probably don't know?
1: Oh, okay. That is a really good question. (laughs) I can boil it down. Um, Okay. Two things. One is that women need a tremendous amount of variety that women actually studies show that women need more novelty or variety than men do in long-term relationships. Women get bored quite easily, actually. The studies show that after about two years in a relationship, a woman starts to, her desire starts to dim because she needs something else going on. And that can easily be built into relationships if that's acknowledged through some kinds of variety that the couple now pursues, but the, the, um, the old script or the standard script, I should say, of what people see as sex is um, often doesn't work for a woman after a certain amount of time. So number one is gonna be this variety thing. And the other is that women have um, their own erections believe it or not. And women have more erectile tissue, about twice as much erectile tissue as men do. And so men, I would say, if they sleep with women or people who have women's bodies, it's really important for them to understand that full anatomy, like the internal clitoris, for instance, which is, um, well, the clitoris is mostly internal, and it's not commonly known, even though um, this was mapped out about 25 years ago. It's still not, somehow we're still not um, getting that information out to people and specifically to men who might not realize that there's a lot of, there are a lot of ways to stimulate a woman that are not just what he might think of as the clitoris.
0: Well, Laura, I was gonna say you should write a book, but you did. That's the good <laughs> thing. So I want remind people the pleasure plan is your book. Do you want to talk about your book for a couple of minutes before we you know, before we call this episode an episode and uh, gear up for the next show?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. So in my book The Pleasure Plan, I get married for the first time at 46. It is a memoir with self help content. So the, the story is I get married for the first time at 46 after three decades of horrendous dating. And a lot of that horrendous dating was tied to the fact that I had a history of having been molested as a child and a lot of hang ups around it. I get married for the first time and I realize that it wasn't just hangups. I actually had six different kinds of sex problems, including a lot of pain conditions. And so I go on a journey. It takes about five years. I see 15 different kinds of practitioners and try 30 different healing and pleasure enhancing modalities in order to cure myself. I'm able to do that. But More importantly, I learn all of these things about female sexuality, about relationships, intimacy, trauma recovery, that I then become very, very interested in passing on to other people.
0: Well, I'm glad you wrote the book. I think it's something that's badly needed for us to have more conversations like this, to learn more about each other, and to have that vulnerability to be able to say, hey, maybe things aren't Terrible, right? Maybe they're status quo, but maybe you want them to be really great. I mean, I think that's something that if you have a partner or you have someone that you're spending your life with, things between you, I mean, they're not going to be all sunshine, unicorns and rainbows all the time, but they should be happy and you know, fun more often than they're not. And if there, if everything's just status quo all the time, that doesn't necessarily mean you have a, a huge problem. But maybe it's something to address to work towards. What do you really want your relationship and experience to be together?
1: Right, I totally agree. And and why not really um, find this uh, this stickier and stickier glue? If I can use use that uh, use that word here, you know that that glue is the is so important to a relationship. And if, if that glue starts to come apart in some way, then the relationship falters, as you started out saying, there's a difference between friends and lovers. And when our partners start to feel more like our friends, or sometimes they feel more like our children, I mean, it, it just happens. I, I think that the, that uh, the romance that's really holding that relationship together starts to get weaker. And uh, I, I do believe that it's, uh, it can be important for the relationship to really strengthen that glue. But it's also fun and it's also fulfilling for us to be able to please ourselves, please our partners and have more pleasure in our lives.
0: I agree 110%. Laura Zam, thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to pick up the conversation on the next episode on Remind People. They can grab a copy of your book that we just talked about, The Pleasure Plan at laurazam.com, and also connect with you across all social media there. Laura, thanks so much, and I look forward to picking up the conversation on the next
1: show. Great. Thank you, Mario. It's been a pleasure.